Strike Today on 101.9 WDT. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. After the disturbing events that took place in Washington last Wednesday, this country feels more divided than ever. And now, in the aftermath of the violence and chaos that we saw last week, a lot of people are casting a critical eye on the role of law enforcement at the Capitol, specifically the lack of arrests and consequences that happened, which in some ways suggest a level of complicity. Considering the militarized police presence and brutality that met many Black Lives Matter protests all over the country this past summer, it's really hard to ignore the stark contrast between that and what we saw in Washington last week. It's just another piece in the puzzle of systemic racism and inequity that's been a part of America since its beginning, and it's the backdrop for an incoming administration with ambitions, plans for a fractured nation. The Washington Post has been taking a careful look at many of the different areas the Biden administration says it wants to overhaul. And as part of their ongoing series, The Biden Agenda, this week, the paper is looking at Biden's plans for social and criminal justice reform, a topic that feels especially timely. Joining us to talk about what we know so far about President-elect Joe Biden's plans for policing, for equity and justice, is Washington Post national reporter Tim Craig. Tim, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, good morning. Yeah, uh, It's great to have you here. So I, I want to start with this. Uh, Biden has been touting himself as the man to heal a divided nation for the better part of the last two years. So it seems to me that what happened last week, even though a lot of the responsibility for it lies at the feet of the current president, it seems to me that it turns up the heat on the guy who's going to be sworn in next week and raises the stakes for all of these things uh, that he's promised. It, am I right that this changes the picture for the incoming administration and says that they got to get moving fast and effectively? Oh, I think without question that this changes uh, Biden's outlook on this stuff and the challenges also he will face. I mean, during the campaign, he was operating under a vein of he needed to do more to heal the nation as it relates to uh, race relations and the Black Lives Matter movement and social uh, injustice and inequality. <clears throat> this, this event um, last week kind of thrust that into a much broader and frankly more dangerous uh, uh, posture where he's now facing, you know, trying to quell extreme um, extremism on the right as well as trying to heal the nation as it relates to racism um, and injustice that many people on the left feel. And how he navigates that is going to, you know, set off how his administration sort of operates. I think in the beginning, he would have probably hoped to start out with an aggressive agenda around COVID, around the economy, mm. um, two of the most pressing issues that the nation faces, you know, immediately. But this whole event of the last week raises the question is, can he, you know, afford not to also immediately try to take steps to kind of bring the country um, together in a more united fashion? And how does he do that? That, I think, becomes a real challenge is how do you do that? I mean, social scholars are saying the United States appears to be more sort of divided and tense 
than it has been certainly since the 1960s and maybe beyond before that. So Biden, I think, also operates a lot of ways. He the question becomes is, is he fully cognizant of the challenge he faces? Mm-hmm. He's a politician that grew up or came of age, I should say, in the 80s and the 90s, where the tenor of the debate, both in Washington and around the nation, is far was far more civil, was far more bipartisan than it is today, I think, as we all can see. So does Biden realize that, though? That's the question that I don't think anyone fully knows yet. Does, does he fully recognize the challenges he faces? Yeah. So, so even within the Democratic Party, You've got a pretty broad spectrum of opinions about criminal justice reform uh, in particular. So it's not just that he's got to navigate this divide between one side and the other in in the country. He's got to navigate the divide within his own party, which I think will be a, a particular challenge. But but talk about where he falls on that spectrum uh, inside the Democratic Party. You've got folks saying defund the police. And I know that's a, a, a pretty loaded term. It means something really different uh, than what it seems. But uh, that is, I think, the, fairly characterized as, as the, the sort of out, out, uh, outside uh, sort of extreme position. Uh, place Biden on that spectrum, though, and, and talk about how he even rallies his own party to deal with these things. Yeah, I mean, Biden was always known as you know, a moderate on these issues, if not even a little bit, probably conservative. I don't think Biden, you know, is very that really that comfortable talking about issues such as cutting police funding. I think he was forced there um, over the summer because of the nature of the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests. And he didn't want to appear to be, um, you know, he, he didn't want to be vulnerable with the, really the base of the Democratic Party, which is younger diverse um, Americans, many of whom support some changes, structural changes to how the police departments are funding. Um, But I don't think Biden was ever there. He was always a little bit tentative and he was always a little bit, um, you know, wishy-washy on his views on that. He did make it clear as the campaign went on that he was not for defunding the police, which, you know, is fine. But he has to now sort of navigate that when the other side of the Democratic Party is increasingly suburbanite. These are well, fairly well-educated Americans who live in suburbs who like the police, who don't, any sort of notion of cutting police funding is not going to go over with them well. At the same time, I think in the last week or so, we've seen a, we've probably seen a little bit of change, even how many rank-and-file Democrats view this issue, after what we saw happen in Washington, where the Trump supporters overran police lines, assaulted police officers. In one case, a police officer lost his life. I think that makes it sort of harder for the far left to aggressively push um, not broader police reforms, but I think it kind of tones down sort of how even the the far left views and talks about um, police departments and police officers and funding of them in the future. Mm. Uh, I'm talking with Tim Craig, a national reporter for The Washington Post, we're talking about the incoming Biden administration and how it will deal with this incredible divide that uh, that is evident in our our country, evidenced last week uh, by the violent coup attempt uh, on the Capitol and on our democracy, but also evident in the ways in which uh, inequality, systemic inequality and systemic racism 
have shaped modern American life and the ways in which uh, people have started to stand up and say, this has got to change. We've got to do things a little differently. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Uh, let us know what you think President-elect Biden will do in terms of social and criminal justice reform when he's elected. Uh, what are some of the priorities you'd like to see him focus on? And how do we address racial bias in policing, for instance? Do you think it matters more for local police uh, to enact changes than it does for the president of the United States to strike the right tone about police brutality and reform. Uh, give us a sense of where you think we are uh, on those issues. As always, the number here on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDT Facebook page and put comments there. You can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. Uh, and uh, we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, I, I want to talk a little about Merrick Garland, who is an appellate federal judge uh, right now and is going to be the nominee for uh, attorney attorney general. Uh, what we what would we expect from uh, a Garland led Justice Department on this front? Um, I think it's I think Garland is probably a you know, going to lead as sort of a return to the Obama era. I think he's going to sort of take a hard line, an aggressive line against things such as, you know, radical white extreme, white, radical far right, uh, predominantly from white American extremisms. Um, I think he's going to take a harder line as it relates to police departments in terms of uh, civil rights investigations um, and a thorough civil rights investigations under things such as, you know, controversial police shootings. Um, but I think he's also going to not sort of be uh, uh, that aggressive or that, I guess, to the left. He's sort of going to go- govern more as a more as a moderate attorney general, I would expect. And I think he's sort of going to line up nicely with Biden's views on a lot of this stuff, which is, you know, less, yes, we need to make systematic changes. Yes, we need to be more aggressive at prosecuting civil rights violations and uh, domestic terrorism. But we also need to be mindful that, you know, law enforcement is a critical part of the fabric of our society and is going to continue to remain so. And they need to be supported. They need to have resources. And they can't be they can't always be a rush to judgment that they are always the one at fault in situations. Mm. Um, that's what I would expect. I mean, we don't really know yet. They haven't really spoke a lot about it. I guess we will find out more as the when he has to get confirmed in his hearings on uh, Capitol Hill about this, when he has to answer direct questions about his views. But that would be my expectation. I think we're kind of in many ways, which would make sense, considering Biden was Obama's vice president that he's going to try to shift the agenda back to where it was pre-Trump. Yeah. I mean, and many of these stuff Trump administration did not focus on hardly I was going to say, all. they walked yeah. away from a lot of the Obama-era policies and initiatives, uh, some of the consent agreements, for instance, that were had been reached yeah. with with police departments to, to deal differently uh, with these things the Trump administration has decided not to uh, not to pursue. And so just going yeah. back would, uh, very, would be going very forward. little taking seriously the threat of, you know, homegrown um, domestic extremism under the Trump administration. Yeah. I think that's all going to change. Yeah. And I think we're going to sort of pivot back to it where we were in 2012 to 2016 period. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he, he but again, the times have also changed since then. 
many on the um, many activists say the biggest mistake Biden could make is coming into office thinking it's just 2016 all over again. Because frankly, many of the activists, the Black Lives Matter activists, this new generation of activists, are, have moved much farther along in terms of wanting change and wanting progress and wanting um, reform than even the Obama administration was at, at at the end of their term. So there's some concern on the left that Biden is going to be too um, moderate, too much thinking he just needs to get the country back to 2008 to 2016 period, when many activists on the left are saying, no, that is not good enough. We need to go farther, and Biden needs to be a change agent and not just a uh, – you know, uh, returning to the previous decade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's go to Wilma in Detroit. Wilma, what's on your mind? Morning, Stephen. Hi. I was just telling your colleague, listening to what you were saying, we keep hearing about the main thrust of discussion on policing in the country is their behaviors in communities of color. Mm-hmm. What I thought looking at what happened last Wednesday, is that we have a broader problem than that. We had police officers during that insurrection taking selfies and wearing Trump hats. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, these people swore an oath to protect the Constitution, okay, not to do what they did. Now, if we have people in law enforcement who aren't doing that, Anywhere, not that wasn't in my neighborhood. Right, that was at the Capitol, and they weren't doing their jobs. And we don't still don't know the extent of what happened there. I think we have a much broader problem with American policing. Uh, And I'm sorry, I don't have a I don't have a suggestion. But those are just my thoughts. Yeah, Wilma, I I appreciate the call and. and the thoughts there. Uh, Tim, I've got about uh, 30 seconds left, but to address what Wilma's talking about, this internal police problem that uh, that seems to have been on display, at least in part, last week. Oh, I, I mean, I think without question, the police, police forces in general have continued, or police officers and police departments and police unions have continued to move farther to the right. I think we, I mean, everyone knows there are some problems in policing. I, I'm policing. I think everyone knows that, especially in broad swaths of the country, there are problems with not just police officers, but county sheriffs and people who, you know, are maybe far more political than they should be. Um, I would sound, kind of caution to separate that out from the Capitol incident. I think there were clearly were incidents in the Capitol where police officers maybe were not doing the job as they should have been, been doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of them have even been already disciplined. Uh, the Washington Post reported this morning or suspended. But from what I could tell, the vast majority of officers there were doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. They were trying to protect the Capitol. And they, you know, many of them were hurt, yeah. injured. And one um, of them was killed. They yeah. like mental health issues because of the position they were in. Yeah. Okay, Tim Craig of the Washington Post. Great to have you here with us. Thanks very much for joining. Thank you. It's going to do it for us today. Come back tomorrow when we're going to hear from immigrants who fled oppressive regimes in other countries. Talk about what they felt as they watched this violent insurrection in Washington last week. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's NPR station. Your connection to news, music, and conversation. We'll talk again tomorrow.